Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Let me open in a word of prayer. And then we're going to jump to four passages at least in Acts, maybe even more. Okay? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for a chance to share about your goodness. Lord, we don't want to boast in anything. No gifts, um, no talents of ours. No works that we've done as if it's ours. Lord, we want to boast in Christ. Any good thing you've done in us and through us, it's from you because you work in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. And therefore, you get all of the glory. But we do want to acknowledge, Lord, how different members and how the church as a family has helped shape us and change us. And we want to continue that going on and going forth, whether it ends up in Linwood at Reformed Church LA or Eastvale and Chino Hills with Echo Church or all the way in Oklahoma at Bridgeway Church or in Anaheim, Lord, we want to honor you now and until you take us home. So take these brief thoughts or scattered thoughts on just a general um, unshaped, unrefined vision and dream for our church, which I'm sure um, different members here and leaders will shape in in different ways to make it better, take out parts and put in different things. And I'm sure you're going to humble us, Lord, still because you resist the proud and give grace to the lowly. So I'm sure even with our dreams, you're going to humble us and show us where we're off and where things are wrong. So we just ask God that you'd help us to be guided by your word, aim us in the right direction, and help us to keep moving with you as we walk uh, this adventure of the Christian life together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so a, few, a little bit of history about our church family. This church started um, 72 years ago yesterday, um, March 13. 1949 just before that in october 1948 there were 20 members from first southern baptist church of long beach who uh, were living here in the bellflower area and they wanted to start a church plant over here back then they called it a mission they wanted to start a church plant out here so they they met um so they, they started meeting at the a, a hall which is now a church building right across the street from where chris and bethany and sam and hannah live that little church building right there um, in 1948, they rented that space out for a Sunday school, and they were there, uh, members of First Southern Baptist Church of Long Beach, meeting there regularly. And then on March 9th, in 1949, the church that Sunday, the church released 15 members uh, from their membership. I don't think we would do that quite here to start a new church. We'd probably wait for them to start a new church before we release them. But they released on that Sunday, March 9th, and then on March 13th, a few days later, after that Sunday, the 15 members got together along with other pastors, and um, I actually sent you the minutes of that meeting at 1 o'clock. Did you guys get that email? Maybe some of you saw it. That's the minutes of the meeting, March 13, 1949, when the church constituted and organized as a local church. What they did was they, they identified those people. They had other pastors there. They read their confession of faith. They called it the Articles of Faith and said, does everyone believe this? They read a church covenant, and they asked if everyone agreed to it. And then they interviewed each of the 15 kind of like your membership interview, and they ask for everyone's testimony and to show whether they have truly been born again and repented and trust in Jesus Christ. And in front of everyone, they all briefly shared their testimony, read the articles of faith, they read a church covenant, and then they prayed and 
agreed together to join in covenant as a church family, the 15 members that, that day on March 13th. They took an offering, which, is 20, which was $20.91 of all the members. Uh, you individually probably give more than $20.91 a month, but that was the original offering. It went, the money went a lot longer back then. Eventually, so that's in 1949, the church decided between two names, Bellflower Baptist Church or Friendship Baptist Church. Which one do you like? If you guys would like friends, out of those two, Friendship Baptist Church, raise your hand. If you would have voted for Friendship, that's terrible. How many of you, how many of you would have voted for, for Bellflower Baptist Church? Come on. Yeah. Okay. BBC, that's still BBC, right? Okay. Bellflower Baptist Church should have won, but it didn't. Because even though those were, the, those were the two names, another member said, what about Bethany Baptist Church? Throw it in the mix. Let's vote on all three. So they voted on, on all three, and Bethany Baptist Church won. So, nine, so um, the church was named Bethany Baptist Church. Um, and then they built this building here, the main auditorium, in 1953. And then in 1953, they planted a church in Paramount, a Baptist church in Paramount. In 1955, they planted First Southern Baptist Church of Lakewood. And in 1956, they started a church plant in, on the border of Bellflower and Lakewood, and uh, it's now called Bellwood Baptist Church, which uh, organized as a New Testament church in 1957. Back then, in the 1950s, the goal of the members was to plant a church every single year. That was their goal. They planted three in six years. Two of those churches died. Bellwood Baptist Church is still standing. They almost called me to be a pastor there in 2008. Um, and so that church is still standing and still hopefully preaching the gospel as far as I know. Um, and so, so those were the churches in the 1950s. This church building, or this building right here was built in 1963. In 1959, the church changed its name from Bethany Baptist Church to First Southern Baptist Church. The church grew and was blowing up because um, of white flight largely from the, from the cities into the suburbs here in Southeast LA County. And then as well from um, the south of um, like Southern part of America, of the U.S. A lot of people from Oklahoma were moving here to this area. Um, and so this place was booming. There's actually more churches in Bellflower than any other city per capita in the whole United States back then in the 50s and the 60s. And so um, that was what was going on here in Bellflower. In the 1970s was the peak of this church in terms of attendance. It got up to 950 members on the roll. You know what that means here, right? There's like 350 that were non-residential members and 600 who were residential members. Uh, but this church was still, the, the building was packed on Sundays. It was standing room only. You had to get there early if you were going to get a seat. And so they probably had 250 to 300 people that were coming regularly. All these classrooms were filled with people, with the kids uh, back in, in those days. Set, like around the 70s, mid-70s was the heyday of the church. And ever since then, the church has been declining all the way down. Um, it almost died in 2000, right around there. When Bruce Wade became the pastor here, it started to get a little bit of life, almost got to 100 attenders, and it started dying again. Uh, he left in 2013. I came here in 2014. And um, if you've been here, uh, just a few highlights from, from my time here, the last six and a half years, uh, we started cleaning the role, started doing expository preaching. And we, um, yeah, we, we started doing expository preaching. We started taking membership more seriously. We started a process there. And um, eventually we ended up cleaning the role uh, people start to understand what membership was. They start get getting used to expository preaching. And in 2018, I guess, we cleaned the role just about. August, to, well, before that, 2017, we changed the name back to Bethany Baptist Church from First Southern Baptist Church. 
That was Hosanna Alyssa's last Sunday there of your first or second tenure here? Second, yeah. This is their third tenure here at, um, at BBC. So, um, yeah, I, I told Jose Annalisa, don't leave until you vote. Like, vote on it and then leave. Like, let that be your last Sunday. So they came, voted on the name change, which wasn't a unanimous vote. It was still contentious back then. Um, not too contentious, but it was contentious enough. So um, changed the name in 2017. 2018, we cleaned the roll. 2019, we finished church revitalization here uh, with a plurality of pastors. Ben Bratcher was the first pastor uh, nominated and affirmed as a church as a pastor here besides me. And so that gave us a plurality of pastors. And that ended, in a sense, the revitalization and reformation of, of the church in terms of just getting it back to a state of health. And so since then, we've been out here for the last year. And that's kind of the, the history of BBC. I mean, John Lee is back now, and he's here on staff full time. Um, I, I, I'd confess that last year I wouldn't have thought, uh, before COVID last year, I wouldn't have thought that we could afford a full time position for John for John to be at full-time yeah full-time here this year I was praying for it and and hoping for it and thinking uh in a long shot it could happen but it probably wouldn't happen and by God's grace here we are and um our church is doing well financially and we're, we're um we have a second full-time uh pastoral worker here which is a great great thing for us so that's the history of our church now I want to point to four four thoughts from Acts to where we're going in the future. So that's the past, okay? I want to, to, to uh, meditate on four truths here briefly from Acts. And then I want to just kind of, I want to share a brief picture of what I'm praying and dreaming for the church to be in the next three to five years. And then give you some application, okay? So that's what we're going to do. And then we'll, we'll go to prayer time. So here are four thoughts from, from different passages in Acts. So if you're in Acts 17, look at verses 26 and 27. Acts 17, 26 and 27. It says, from one man, God made every nationality to live over the whole earth and determined their appointed times and boundaries where, of where they live. So who appoints uh, the time of your life, the times of your life, your beginning and ending? Who appoints that? God. And who appoints where you live and the boundaries of where you'll live for your life? God does, right? He did, and why did he do it? Verse 27, he did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each of us. So the first thing I want us to note is that we are where God wants us to be. God appoints your life, your beginning date, your end date, and he appoints where you're going to live. You live here in southeast L.A. County. You live here in Los Angeles County because God wants you to live here. This, was, this is your time that God has appointed for you. This is God's place that God has appointed for you for now. And so this is not an accident. You happen to live in L.A. County, which has 10 million residents, the most populous county in the United States of America. We're in southeast L.A. County, where there are 2.2 million residents here. Southeast L.A. County is a unique, a unique crossroads of location. It's the gateway cities to Orange County and the rest of, of California going, um, south, going south from L.A. Um, there's businesses here. We have Cal State Long Beach, one of the largest, one of the area's largest universities. We have Biola University, and um, we, have, we have so we have yeah. Cal State Long Beach has 37,000 students, and God has us here. There's Whittier College. We have five local community colleges, which are magnets um, for innovation and research, as well as serving local business communities. There's a, a large ethnic diversity of people here in this place. 
And in the larger LA area, just in terms of seminaries and Bible training, we have the Master's University and Seminary where Dr. Varner is a professor at the university. Uh, the seminary where Jabez and I graduated with our Master of Divinity. Fuller Seminary, Biola University, which is right here. And we have some church guests. I didn't see the Biola students today. Were they here today? Yeah. We have Biola University, which is six miles down this way. We have, um, yeah, and then we have Gateway Seminary. And we have Talbot Seminary. So God has a lot of seminarians and Bible students who are right here in Los Angeles, right where we are. God has appointed the time. He has appointed the boundaries, and our church, and you, Bethany Baptist Church, the 113 members of BBC, we are here now for this time and for this place. And for the uh, BBC alumni, where God has sent you, you are there for this time and for this place. This is not an accident. Okay, that's point number one. We are where God wants us to be. Number two, Acts 18, 1 through 11, I read it to you at the beginning of this gathering for our public scripture reading. Acts 18, but look at verses 9 and 10. So, Paul is there preaching the gospel. He gets a little resistance. He goes to the Gentiles, and then uh, Gentile, uh, uh, wait, the leader of the synagogue believes. And then verse 9, the Lord says to Paul in a night vision, Don't be afraid, but keep on speaking, and don't be silent. Why? For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. So here we have, this really overlaps with the Acts 17 point, but the, the second point is this. Um, I said point one was we are where God wants us to be. Point two is they are where God wants them to be. And by the they, it's the other people of God who are not yet Christian, who are not yet part of churches, who are maybe Christians who haven't joined a church yet, but are looking for a church. Those who have not yet trusted in Christ and never heard the gospel to reject the gospel. Those who've rejected the gospel 16 times and they're waiting for the 17th time because that's when God is going to open their hearts to the gospel. Or the 70th time. Or the 770th time. But they're here. They are where God wants them to be. In this city. In this region. Appointed by God from before the foundation of the world to hear the gospel and believe. And God has put them here. They are where they're supposed to be. You are where you're supposed to be because God has a place and a mission for us with them and with all of our neighbors, even those who will reject Christ and never come to Christ. The harvest is plentiful, Jesus says, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of Harvest, to the Lord of the Harvest to send more workers into the harvest field. That's the second point. They are where God wants them to be. The third point is this, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Turn to Acts chapter 2. You have a picture here of the church. You have a picture here of the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Here's the point. Churches share life and share Jesus. That's what we do. We share our lives and we share Jesus with each other and with those around us. Here's a picture of it. The church, the first church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to, the, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together, Acts 2.44, and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. They're meeting each other's needs. Every day they devoted themselves to the meeting together in the temple. So there's a gathering. They're gathered there, and they broke bread from house to house. There were smaller groups. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with all of the people. They enjoyed favor with who? All of the people. 
And every day, what did the Lord do? The Lord what? Added to their number those who are being saved. So what do we do as a church? What do we hope that Grace Redeemer Church does in Anaheim and what Reformed Church LA does in Linwood and Echo Church does in Chino Hills and what Bridgeway Church does in Oklahoma? What are we hoping they do? Share life and share Jesus. Share life and share Jesus with each other. Strengthen each other, engage neighbors, and spread the gospel so that more are added. Are added. That's the third truth, okay? We are where God wants us to be. They are where God wants them to be. We gather as a church. We are a church to share life and share Jesus. And fourthly, God intends to use us for his global enterprise. Look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. They ask, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom at this time? Jesus says, it's not for you to know that. And look at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you become a Christian. What happens? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God's global enterprise is to fill this whole world, not just with image bearers who are fallen, but image bearers who are redeemed and eventually glorified. God wants to fill this earth with his glory of redeemed image bearers. And so we pray for those who are going to the nations, whether it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the ends of the earth. God intends to use you as a member of this church. He intends to use us as a local church in this corner of Los Angeles for his global enterprise of spreading the gospel. That's, that's God's intention. The center of God's work on earth or the tip of the spear of God's work on earth is the local church. It's not Nine Marks. It's not Shepherd LA. It's not the Southern Baptist Convention. It's not the Master's University and Seminary. It's not Crew. It's not the Crete Collective. It's not your political party. It's not Kingdom Causes in Bellflower, which does a lot of good humanitarian work in the name of Christ. Where, where is the center of God's work in the world today? Where is the tip of the spear as the kingdom of light invades the kingdom of darkness? It is the local church. That's the center. That's the tip of the spear. God intends to use you as a member of your local church for his global enterprise. Now, all those other ministries are great, and we pray for them and support them. But that's not the center. That's merely the point here. All right. So that's, that's the, those are, those are the four things I want you to keep in mind. We are where God wants us to be. Those who are going to come to Christ are where God wants them to be near us. Um, we share life and share Jesus as a church. And God intends to use our local church, us, for his global enterprise. So he, what's the dream? So here's the, the unformed, unrefined dream that um, John Lee as a senior pastoral assistant, uh, Ben and Johnny and Peter as pastors, and then as you other members um, speak into it, we're going to refine this. So this is not the finalized goal of where we're going. This is just getting the, priming the pump. And I'm just going to dream out loud here for you guys, and then we will, um, then I'll give you some application. So when I say we are where God wants us to be, I'm who's the we there? I'm talking about we, Bethany Baptist Church. And then for you brothers and sisters at the church you're at. We are where God wants us to be. We are the church of Christ. So here's the vision. Um, it's about discipling disciples or making disciples, um, raising up leaders, uh, sending out teams and members, planting and revitalizing churches, 
helping other churches, helping other fellow churches. That's what it's about. It's about disciples. That means you, fellow members, making disciples of each other, discipling each other and discipling those who are not yet Christian. So it's about disciples. It's about leaders, church leaders. We could talk about business leaders, but we're not a business. We could talk about academic leaders, but we're not an academic institution. We're talking about church leaders. That's what churches do. We raise up church leaders because we're a church, right? So it's about disciples. It's about leaders. It's about teams and members who are transferring from our church. It's about um, planting and revitalizing other churches ourselves intentionally and investing in that. And it's about helping fellow churches do the same thing. That's what we're about. So let me just fill in to these categories some things I hope and pray, and we'll shape this together um, in the coming uh, months and then try to, try to crystallize it for us going forward. In, in three to five years, and you can think of more along five years if three seems a little too ambitious. In three to five years, I would love to see, I don't know, 250 members here. Um, we're not going to aim for a number per se, just keep counting that way. But I would hope to see, um, I mean, we're at 113 members now. When John Lee left in 2018, we were at 68 members. So that was three years ago. Um, 113 members now. Um, God has just been slowly adding to our church steadily and regularly. No, nothing really big and major, just slow, slow trickle in of members. So I'd love to see, um, I mean, the heart of this whole thing is you. It's the church. It's the members of the church. It's not the pastors. It's not the leaders. It's not the interns. The heart of it is the church family. It's all of us together as a church, okay? That's the engine that displays you are, that is the display of God's glory. That is the body of Christ. That is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the body of Christ. You are the family of God. You are what we are about. We're cultivating us to grow as a church family, okay? So that means having faithful members who practice caring for each other, influencing each other towards Jesus, gospelizing each other, assembling together regularly, recognizing true gospel confessors and gospel confession in members' meetings, um, supporting leaders and supporting the church, Blessing other people. So it's not just about us, but it's even about uh, doing this to each other and to our neighbors. Blessing others in word and deed. Listening to each other's stories. Eating together. Speaking the truth and love to each other. And Sabbathing together in recreation. Which has been horrible for us this last year because of COVID. But we need to grow in Sabbathing together and figuring out how to do that together. For our neighbors, my prayer is that, you know how many people we have in, in Bellflower? I've said this number before. You know how many residents we have approximately in Bellflower? Any? Someone said 80,000? Yeah, 80,000. 78,200 people approximately here in Bellflower right now. In southeast L.A. County, we have 2.2 million. My prayer is that every resident here in Bellflower would know that there's a church family here that's their neighbors. That, that, that there's a church family here that is their neighbors, that, loves the, that wants to love them as themselves. And we want to love them in, our, in word and in deed. That if, the, if any way that, that our church can be a help to them as neighbors... We want to share the gospel with them. We want to be saved. That's the goal. But even just as neighbors, if there's anything we could do as a church family, we can't do everything. We can't do a lot of things. But if there are things that we can do as a church family for our neighbors, we wa I want every member or every neighbor, every household in Bellflower to know that there is a church family here that loves them and that is open to being helpful to them in any way that we practically and actually can be. So how do we communicate that? I don't know. But that's what I want to do. I want... Um, I, I pray that, that we would have um, a large majority of our members here be people who are from Bellflower that already live here in Bellflower, our neighbors already. So you could pray for that um, with me. 
So that's, that's, that's members and neighbors. Now we go to leaders. I pray that we would have, th- my dream would be to have three people on staff full-time. Right now it's me and John full-time. I mean, it's, how, can we afford three? I don't know. This is not about what we can do on our own strength or how we're going to do it. It's just about what, what the dream is. So three people on staff full-time. One like a John Lee who's uh, planning to stay here three to five years and then rotate off to plant or revitalize. And then another pastor who's going to be here long-term indefinitely like I'm here long-term indefinitely. And then, I don't know, seven, eight, nine non-staff pastors here. That would be great to have that many non-staff pastors shepherding together um, in this church family. So pastors who are praying and preaching and overseeing and equipping and modeling mature Christianity. Deacons who are uniting the church and serving and modeling mature Christianity. I want to apologize publicly and personally to the deacons here. This is not uh, the pastor's fault. This is my fault, ultimately. Uh, it, we have, I have not led this church and even uh, spurred the pastors on. I control the agenda, and I haven't done this. Taking the time to give you a clear role of what is your role as a deacon or deaconess. And then mobilize and empower you to make sure you are successful and effective in doing your job as a deacon or deaconess. So that's my dream is that that wouldn't be the case. Even this, not even, ne- not even three years from now, like in the next six months. That that would be clear to you of what you're doing and that we would have more of that. My prayer is that we'd have interns here. We do have interns here. My prayer is that we would have six interns a semester and even maybe a wait list. Can we, I mean, there are seminaries and Bible colleges all around here, a wait list of interns who can't get in because we have too many interns who are applying to the internship. And my prayer is that these interns would, not that these interns don't, my prayer is that these interns would train hard, immerse themselves deeply into the life of the church, and leave transformed wherever they go. So that's leaders. So I said members, leaders, do you guys remember what the next one is? Teams. I would like to send out teams. We talk about city groups. So my prayer is that we'd have, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 city groups. Hopefully they'd start planning churches on their own as a city group. But city groups where members are getting together to um, plan on blessing their non-Christian neighbors as a group, coordinating together. And then I don't only want to send out teams. I'm praying that we're, se- well, we're already doing this, sending out members. Did you guys notice what Aaron and um, Ivan and Yesenia were talking about? Um, I'm, I'm probably moving to my application, so I'm going to stop there. But we're, we are going to transfer members out. I mean, just look around. We have 113 members. Not all of you are going to be members here in three years, in four years, and in five years. Many of the members right now sitting here that you love dearly and are growing deeper in your friendship with will be gone. They are going to transfer out. But what are they going to do when they transfer out? My dream is that they would transfer out as healthy church members to become blessings and carry a lot of weight and burden at the churches that they're going to join and transfer into. So we want to send out teams. That's as members here, just teams to the city. And we want to send out members celebrating members we don't want awkward people leave people leaving awkwardly where it's like uh sort of say bye to the church but it's kind of personal and we're kind of mad at you as you're leaving no we want to bless people we want to celebrate your the goodness that god had while you were here we want to celebrate and send you off with joy so we want to send out teams and members and then here's the big one planting and revitalizing churches i don't know maybe one or two in the next three to five years john lee is my guy that I'm praying for in that regard, our guy, um, want to keep John Lee here as long as possible, but as in, a, in as selfless a way as possible for our benefit, but also for his benefit and for the future church's benefit. So we do want John Lee to, to go, if that's where God's calling him, to plant a church or even more likely revitalize a dying church here in Los Angeles. 
That's what we want. We want to regularly invest in men and, in, and even send out some of our city groups. I mean, if John Lee was going to take over, he can't do it now because he's still here. But First Baptist Church in Norwalk, right down the street here, they're looking for a pastor. If, if John Lee was ready to go, um, not only would we want to send him, hopefully we'd have city groups that were in Norwalk where we could send two or three city groups and really encourage them to go with John. So we're not only sending out to revitalize with a, a, a leader, but a team of members. So that's what we want to do with churches. And then fellow churches. We're already doing this sort of with Shepherd LA, but I hope that we can connect and resource 500, or not 500, whoa, 50 to 100, not 500, 50 to 100 pastors to, to strengthen them, connect and resource them that they might strengthen their churches. So I want them connected with deep friendships, meeting, maybe an annual conference or retreat. I'd even love for us to have a full-time executive director of Shepherd LA, where our church is not the only um, church funding that role, but other churches are donating so that um, we could have a Shepherd LA executive director to manage and help bless these pastors. As we, Because that last thing was fellow churches, right? We're not going to reach LA on our own. It's going to be through churches, uh, a lot of churches. I'd love to see a Baptist association and then us partnering with Creek Collective. And Oh, I'm sorry. I had one more after fellow churches. It's here in my notes. I didn't say it. The nations. We, we want to send missionaries. Every year we're going to keep beating the drum. We're not going to get overly ecstatic and just missions all year long and just run you into the ground. But we're going to keep beating the drum of the nations, unreached language groups that need the gospel. So we want to keep uh, calling and challenging and sending more missionaries and then partner with IMB and Nine Marks and good churches to, to do our global work of spreading the gospel. All right, that's the dream. You guys could refine it, take it, change it. Tell me what you think, and let's, let's start refining this a little bit as we pray to move forward. Here's my application to you. Application. Three things. Well, one overall would be move. I want you to move. What do I mean by that? Move one, move in, and move on. Okay? Move one, move in, and move on. Move one, what I mean by that is move one another and move one of your neighbors towards Christ. Bless them. Gospelize them. Share your life with them. Listen to them. Eat with them. Speak a truth that will move them closer to Jesus. Move them towards repentance. Move one another. And move one of your neighbors towards Jesus this week. Move them towards Christ in love. I also want you to move, uh, and, uh, when you're moving one another, you're going to be raising up leaders. Do you know how we raise up leaders in this church? Not by having a leadership training track. Nothing against that necessarily, just a little bit. <laughs> a leadership training track. You know how we raise up leaders in this church? By them just being good members. Ben did not take a leadership training course here at the church. Neither did, neither did John E. They were just faithful members who were moving one another towards Christ. And God was raising them up. But you know who raised them up? You raised them up. You did it. I mean, God did it. But you did it. As you love each other and move one another, you will raise up pastors that God is raising up in this church and leaders. So move one. Secondly, move in. Move in. Move to Bellflower or move to Southeast Los Angeles or Long Beach, sort of, I guess, maybe, Lakewood. Move in to Bellflower. Move closer. Move within walking distance. Help us engage our neighbors here. Move in 
so that we could share life and share Jesus more regularly and more naturally for the cause. Move in like the Valencias did several years ago from Long Beach to Bellflower. Move in like the Pastoreses did from wherever they lived to Norwalk. Move in like Hannah did from Pomona, was it? To Bellflower. Move in and invest your life here. God appoints the times, he appoints the boundaries, and you will move, but move in while you're here. That's not a thus saith the Lord, so don't feel guilty. It's not guilt trip. You're not sinning if you don't move in. It's just an exhortation and an encouragement and a heartfelt suggestion, okay? So move in. And lastly, so move one, move in, and thirdly, move on. Eventually, move on. As a city group, you're going to be blessing others, working together, but God is going to call you to move on from this church. You, you'll either move on because you're going to die, which means you're moving on to glory. Praise God for that. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's a great move, the best move. Far better to be with Christ than to be here on earth. The best move is to move to heaven. But if you're not moving on to heaven, then move on to the next church that God is calling you to transfer to, whenever God's calling you to do it. Whether it's moving on to Linwood, which is not too far from here, at Reformed Church LA, whether it's moving on to Echo Church in Chino Hills, because that's where God's calling you, whether it's moving on out of state to Oklahoma, where God seems to be calling the souls, or whether it's even moving on, even more um, specifically, Moving on, moving on to the mission field. So let's transfer members out. You see this in the New Testament letters. People have transferred. The, the Soames are going to be transferring. The, the Garcias have transferred. The Toladas have transferred. Victor, Victor is transferring out to Bokeh Canyon Church. Well, if you let him transfer out, we're going to think about that together, first as the pastors and then as a church this coming March and update you there. The Bratchers moved on from Mere Church to move here. That's just another picture of moving on from one church to another. Uh, we want our leaders to move on. That's what we're praying with John Lee in the future, that he would move on from BBC. That's what I did when I went to Capitol Hill Baptist Church. I was only there for five months intentionally to come back here. And then I left the church in LA for six years, Crossview Church, to move on here because this is where God was calling me. So move on when it's time to move on. And then the last category of moving on is like the Kims. Move on not just locally, but move on globally. Move on internationally. Move on to the unreached and unengaged and the least reached people groups of the earth that desperately need the gospel. That's what we want to do. We want to move one another. We want to move in and move closer to each other to share life. And we want to move on when it's time to move on. When you move the church, you change the world. Because the church is the center of God's activity. I know people think Washington, D.C. might be the place with politics where the world has changed. It might change politically in that regard. But in terms of kingdom and eternally, the way you change this world is by moving your church. We're not going to do this perfectly. We're going to sin a lot. We're going to fail a lot. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. But by God's grace, we're not going to, this is not a prophecy. <laughs> this is just a, a, a vague dream just descript describing it. We're going to kind of aim in sort of in this direction and just trust God and be humbled by him along the way. But let's continue to cling to Christ and hold to the gospel that though God is our creator and holy and we are sinners deserving damnation, God sent Jesus Christ to die for sinners like you and me. 
and he was raised from the dead on the third day so that everyone who repents and believes in Christ will have eternal life, will have forgiveness of sin, and will, have, will be given the Holy Spirit to live in them. They become the temple of God and they live expanding the presence of God with their church family on this earth until Christ takes us home. If you're not a Christian, I would call on you to repent and trust in Jesus who died for your sins and rose from the dead. And if you aren't a Christian, with all this talk about the church, it always goes back to the head of the church, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, rose from the dead, is accompanying us right now, and will walk with us every step of the way. As long as you're a member here, he'll walk with us here. And when God moves you on, he'll continue to walk with you until he takes us home. Let's pray. Father, bless these words and help us to um, delight in your grace in the past, to be hopeful for your grace in the future, and help us to be faithful to your word, not these scattered thoughts of a dream. Help us to be faithful to your word, to be doers of your Bible and not hearers only. Bless our prayer time now before we close. In Jesus' name, amen.